1: Point nine ESPN Missoula. Watch
0: the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Noana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Missing in the first hour, you can always find it on the Noana's Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizzled all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. You drinking some coffee, Coach?
1: Oh, absolutely. Come on. (laughs) We've got to juice this saying up. Tonight, how was your Thanksgiving?
0: It was great, man. How was yours? Thanks so much for being here. Happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody else out there. How'd you, how How was it? Did, did you have any kids back this Oh, week? it was
1: fantastic. We had one of four kids. Normally, they're all still young and single. We get all or most of them back for Christmas. But, yeah, I got the turkey smoked. It was fantastic. Got the Christmas tree up the day after I'm, I was outnumbered, outnumbered. My <laughs> wife, Lindsay, my daughter, Molly, my mother-in-law, Sally. Man alive, if you pause, you will not talk for many, <laughs> many minutes again. You see, that's the way it is. So, and our two dogs, and see, because of that... The dogs and I, we became sort of like mates, you know. I just, okay, forget it. Go into the office, get some work done. And Momo and Roro and I got it done in my office. Well, I got to say, uh, I saw your your daughter from afar, uh, just waved at
0: her, but we were on opposite sides of the roof during the rivalry game. But she was wearing that uh, that pretty sweet Letterman's jacket, 1982 Big Sky Champs. Must have got that one from her pops. Huh? The
1: throwback, you know, that's a good story, I will tell you. I had no idea that I even had it. I never really wore (laughs) it. Grandma, Mom, my mother, had it in her closet apparently for decades and decades just sitting there. And one time my middle brother was coming to visit us with his wife and kids and he threw it in the truck. And right as he was leaving, they stayed about a week, right as he was leaving, he backed down the driveway and go, hey, by the way, I got a little present for you, and it was the throwback Letterman's jacket. So, Maldol and Lindsay, my wife, they wear it on a special occasion. And the Brawl of the Wild was a special occasion.
0: Well, that's awesome. Uh, Did you get a chance? I'm sure you watched plenty of football over the weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. How can you not? How can you not, man? I mean, man alive. I tried to stay in touch with the 1AA, the FCS uh, playoffs. And so I caught a little bit of that SAC State game. That was a Delaware. I call it Delaware. You know, I was in Philly for a decade. (laughs) They're neighbors. uh, uh, That was a heck of a game. And and look, at Delaware... Delaware's down to you know a rookie a, a freshman true freshman quarterback's like their third or fourth one. They've lost a running back. They've got a bunch of other things going on. They've got to fly clear across the country and come in. it's going to be a mess for the Delaware Blue Hens. And but mostly mostly I watched the 66 to 3 Jeez. thrashing oh, man. of North Dakota state <laughs> over Drake. And I think, I suspect there's some teams that probably shouldn't be in the playoffs that Man. are because they play in a conference
0: That's right. that
1: just isn't very good and they get an automatic bid or they get an at-large burst because their record's decent.
0: Yeah, we were talking about that in the, in the first segment. It's You know, on one hand, y- you like the small conferences to get some sort of reward. You know, those are all automatic qualifiers. It means they were their conference champion. Very few of the, you know, the MIAC and the NEC and the Pioneer League they're not stealing out large bids from anybody they're just they're winning their conference they're getting in yeah. on the other hand I mean in the spirit of competition like what are we doing I mean North Dakota State that you were texting me uh, before the game started that they were something like 37 and a half point favorites. the spread moved all the way up to 45. I, oh 45 45 I saw it at 40. And they didn't even come close to covering. I mean, yeah. beating a team by nine touchdowns, I don't even yeah. know, man. But North Dakota State probably would have got a better test to scrimmage it.
1: <laughs> well, the, I, I do think their second or third team probably wins the game. You, you know, North Dakota State. Oh, for, State's for second, sure. Okay, and, and, and for that team to go into the Fargo Dome up there and all those things. But I will tell you. The first couple minutes were exciting because for sure. uh, North Dakota State's quarterback fumbles on the first play, yeah. and 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 they get three out of it, and so they're down three to nothing, and then 66 unanswered points, and by halftime, of course, it was over. Uh, for sure. Uh,
0: Coach Marty Bordewick in studio with us here on New Ones the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, presented by Stockman Bank. It's Montana's brand of banking. And the Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's brand of the NFL. Also talking some college football here. Coach Marty's one of his sons, uh, Bobby Cade, is coaching over there at uh, North Dakota State. So, you know, you, you're you on the TV calls for all the, the, the Grizz games, Big Sky Conference games this year, but North Dakota State is probably the team you followed the most outside of the Big Sky, right, with your son being there. They're in Bozeman on Saturday. I know you're going to be at that game, too, to support your son. What do you think? I find it fascinating to watch... North Dakota State to me over the last twelve to thirteen years has looked the exact same in how they operate. They look a little different this year. They got some new elements with the quarterback run game. They got a couple quarterbacks that they like to play. What, what have you thought of just their, their
1: uh, operation so far this year? First of all, they started out hot. The bison of North Dakota State. They stumbled sort of mid-season. They had some injury episodes, and they lost to some really good teams as well. I mean, they Uh, lost the number one team in South Dakota State, the number three team in South
0: Dakota. So, you know, I mean, everybody over there is screaming, oh, it's a down year. I mean, you lost two games to the three best teams in the country.
1: Yeah, And, and then they've gained some steam here late in the year and you really you want your team to play be playing at its very best down the stretch and into the playoffs and we're into the playoffs nobody wants to see the North Dakota State Bison in the playoffs and where do they get to go they get to go and play the Bobcats now I was interested in seeing Coulter what the line is and I found one site the line yeah it's the Bobcats are favored which surprised me just a little bit by one.
0: See, I saw another line where the the Bison were favored by one.
1: By one. So there it is. Now Montana State hasn't lost forever. I mean, they haven't lost at home, since, home.
0: since September of 2019. They are the they're the longest home winning streak in Division I football right now.
1: Yeah, so that may be the challenge for the Bison going in there. I mean, you, you, and you know the way to, uh, to uh, go on a road trip, in the playoffs especially. You load it up. You take your defense and special teams. You get on the plane. You get off the plane. You get your preparation done. You go in, you get up, and you get the heck out of there. Get back on the plane. Get the business done. Everything's about business. None of this pulling from family and friends and all those things. It's a a great uh, total focus for about 48 hours. That's what the bison need to do over there in the Bobcat arena.
0: I, I thought that uh, the, some of the draws for the second round were, were pretty interesting because they try to regionalize this as mm-hmm. much as they can. Delaware's the one that's not regionalized, right? They got to right. come all the way across the country. Th- that's your reward for being the two seed. South Dakota State, same thing. Mercer's got to come all the way from you know the southeastern part of the country. So, um, you know, the one and two seeds, they got really advantageous draws. But then you look at the rest of it with the regionalization. South Dakota's the three seed. They got to play SAC. SAC State's pretty good. Idaho is the four seed. They got to play Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois was in the top 10 at one point within this season. And the same thing with the cats; they got to play the juggernaut, even though they're the sixth seed coming off of a bye. What do you think of this regionalization?
1: Come yeah, on. well, Southern Illinois, I think, is a good football. They were sort of my wild card for sure uh, to win the whole thing a couple weeks ago. I don't know if that's going to happen, uh, but the the region—it's all about money, right? Follow for sure. the money, and uh, uh, so it's a real disadvantage for an East Coast team. That Mercer team going into South Dakota State—that's going to be a mess there as well. For sure. I mean, it's going to be a mess, I think, but. Uh, So the regional makes sense money wise. But I would uh, go ahead and seed everybody all the way through 24. Right. Right. And then uh, the top teams get the advantage because they're playing the bottom teams and so forth. So I would do it that way and forget about the money. You'll make it up a little bit. And so. And I will tell you, some of these teams are located in, in let's say Bozeman, Montana. So I know it's 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 more difficult to travel, For sure. let's say, than the NFL. Most of those teams are in cities, so you stay at a really nice hotel. You get on a chartered jet, you land, you get on bus. You know, you, and the maybe the food is great. You know, all those things. Where these guys are staying at the Best Western Plus, and I'm sure it's very nice. For sure, I'm sure it's nice, but it's it's the best. It, you know it's not like uh, one of these uh ultra modern type of uh, uh hotels that have all the necessities
0: yeah for sure and I, you know i don't know i it's the spot that we're in because the two best leagues in the SCS are are the big sky in the missouri valley right all the schools are right by each other so you when the regionalization all plays out you're going to get these matchups i just think that it's i wish they could redo it cuz i agree with your point seating everybody Cause there, if everybody was seeded, what would North Dakota State be? Like the nine or ten seed? That's a, yeah. that's a really tough draw for the six seed to have to play the ten, right? right. Like North Dakota State was one game away from being a top six seed themselves. But then you look at some of these other matches like Richmond at all. That's a conference game. You shouldn't be playing conference games the second round of the playoffs. Same thing with Chattanooga at Furman. I wish they could just sort
1: of rearrange these things. I agree 100% with you on uh, the, the conference games, right? Yeah. I mean, so, so to get to the national championship, though, it might be Montana at home against Montana sure. State. Right. That will be another brawl of the wild. That will be fascinating if that occurs. Now, I'm rooting against it, as you know. Because I'd like to see North Dakota State at Montana. That would be a thriller as well, I think. I mean,
0: how about both of those storylines, though? If the Grizz were to make it to the Semis and they would either host their rival or host the Standard, you know, the team that's been the juggernaut. Either way, that would be a pretty crazy test for for this Grizz team is what's already been a storybook uh, season. Marty Bordaway, again, studio with us here on is Now ESPN Radio. Did you watch any big-time college football?
1: Did you watch the Iron Bowl? Oh, the Iron Bowl. Uh, I watched the end of that as well. And oh my, that you cannot allow, I'm just telling you, you cannot allow the quarterback to sit back there and dance around and pound the ball off like that and allow the receivers to get down. I prefer, I prefer everybody deep, right? But that front six do some games and thing, and overload one side of it and see if you can get a free rusher, right? And make the quarterback throw and go tackle the guy 20 yards short of the goal. <laughs> right. But don't allow the quarterback to throw it to the end zone. I mean, and there's some really good teams that if you, well, there were times where I would spend 20 minutes. On that play at the end of the game or into the half, just to be able to get the ball up, I'm talking protection. Right. Because it was so unique, right? Forced the quarterback to throw the ball quicker than he wants to, and that crap won't happen. I can't believe that happened. My jaw dropped, as well as some of those fans in the stands that become, what are they called? Memes? <laughs> or, or what, what, Is that what they're called? <laughs> yeah, memes, yeah, gifs, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, not oh really my, our it was <laughs> jaw dropping. I just couldn't believe that Auburn allowed that, because that, that's not something that happens. That's something that you allow to happen to yourself.
0: Uh, that's right. We have a uh, a listener that's been texting in all season comparing this Alabama team to Montana, just in terms of sort of the arc of their season. Lose early when people aren't really accustomed to you losing early. People think they got issues, you know, on the offensive line and a quarterback, but then all of a sudden they turn a corner and then everybody is all in and they're jumping back on the bandwagon. I, don't know, I, think, I think it's an interesting parallel. The quarterback at Alabama, he does remind me of the quarterback at Montana, just in the fact that, Early, you could see they were kind of figuring it
1: out. Now, late, playing pretty dang good. I would say there's some correlations there in many ways. But the biggest difference is the Grizz beat the heck out of the The, Bobcats. That rivalry was not close. Auburn... Should have won that game. Alabama squeaks by on a Hail Mary. So, uh, yeah, many, many correlations. I think they're both very well coached. I think they're talented teams. But the Grizz have gotten better every week. That's right. Since that Northern Arizona game, better every week. And I thought Montana State was getting better every week. But then they dropped one there at Idaho a little later than the Grizz dropped that one at NAU. So they had a stumbling block later. And once again... Playing your very best down the stretch and into the playoffs is a big key to winning the whole thing. Ohio State-Michigan, you watch that at all? I did. I watched the
0: Ohio State-Michigan. Man, amazing how the tables can turn, right? I mean, for, for almost a decade, it was that Jim Harbaugh can't ever beat the rival. Right. Now, everybody's like, well, Ryan Day, we don't care if you go 11-1 every year. You can't beat Michigan. It's uh, that, that rivalry's crazy,
1: man. And I know a little bit about that. My oldest son was a GA at the Ohio State, and uh, that's back when they were winning it. Was, that, and,
0: was Urban there? Urban oh, Urban the was there. Because and, and R- Marty's oldest Day. son actually played for Urban Meyer for, uh, uh, for a moment in time uh, at Florida, right? No,
1: Munchen. Oh okay. Oh, he played for Muncie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, uh, they right went after through Urban Meyer. They went through two head coaches and like three coordinators there. Floor. But but so so Sky played uh, uh, coach for Urban yep. Myers uh, there, and then and then Ryan Day was the offensive coordinator. Yep. And Ryan Day's his winning percentage is crazy. Goes maybe the very best I've ever seen. And I'm exaggerating only a little bit, right? But he's 0 3 the last three (laughs) years against Michigan. Oh, man. And just that, just that playing your arch rival. Means so much. It's almost like a Super Bowl win yes. or a Super Bowl loss to the fans and the administration, and certainly the AD. The AD got into it a little bit on the sideline for Ohio State. You know, he's at Michigan. Got into it a little bit with the security. You know, you just can't do that. I mean, <laughs> allow the security to. If he thinks he's having a little, allow him to have a little power till he figures out who you are. You know, uh, just uh, you know, instead of dropping some f bombs on the security <laughs> man, you know. Yeah,
0: the uh, I, I think that the last thing about this the Ohio State Michigan game is. And it was totally colored by the fact that Jim Harbaugh was not on the sideline, yet he was... That was Mike Greenberg's line this morning. He said, Ryan Day got out-coached from a guy that was coaching from the county. It's a tough look, man. What do you make I mean, of that whole situation? That whole thing is... A,
1: that is one of the craziest... The Michigan thing. The
0: whole, I mean, that is one of the craziest, weirdest stories uh, in
1: sports, man. Uh, I know a little bit about all of that because there are certain things... There are certain things you can do in the NFL... Where you're catered to. Uh, uh, one of our scouts, uh, in most cases at, at, at a certain place, they're the expert at going out to other, uh, you know, upcoming opponents' games. Sure. And they put you in a box? you know, give you a set of binoculars usually they bring I'm exaggerating sure. but but they set you up you know yeah. nice you know, a box and food and all all of these things in college no you can't do that all right now you can get signs uh right. just in general but you cannot go to your opponent's uh field and put binoculars on them or if they videoed it uh, that's 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 where it Well, uh, Going to the field crosses the line. If you video it, that is horrendous. Now, in the NFL, you can go to your opponent's uh, uh, fields and scout them. But you cannot take pictures or video, right? I I remember, I mean, the NFL is very good security-wise. If you walk out, if you're an assistant coach, and you walk out on the field with your little Apple watch on, your smartwatch... Okay, you, you've got to take that thing off. And nah. that is pregame, right? right? Hour and a half before the game, you cannot have a phone. You cannot have a smartwatch. You can't have anything like that on the field uh, or in the press box. So uh, I think the NFL is a little bit more secure than the college thing. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, fascinating culture to see what actually ends up happening at the end because I do know the Big Ten commissioner, Petiti. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I. I have not talked spoke to him about this but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there and is it, does Jim need to leave man you know and but- there's so much there's so much behind all that too because
0: they hate you cuz they hate you, right? Like everybody hates Michigan because they're not Michigan, and everybody hates Harbaugh cuz they're not Harbaugh, and they're treated unfairly cuz they are like this big bad bully on the block, but also he's one of the greatest college football coaches in the country.
1: Well, I do think that you hit on something. There's a little jealousy because There definitely is. They win game after game after game. They got the biggest stadium, they got the most money. Jim's a little cocky. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's a little something. They they, they out recruit people. Yeah. You know, I mean, so uh, yes, I think there's something to do with that. But if 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 what I've read and heard what happened, that's 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 crossing the line For by sure. about not one step, but by about ten steps. So. I would think the hammer would come down somehow, some way, whether it be a fine or, or uh, uh, you know, something, uh, you know, regarding Michigan and how they operated there. And the head coach is responsible for everything, by the way. And I don't think Jim can say, I did not know. Right. I kind of yeah. laugh on that one. You have to know. Well, the head coaches at, at college uh, universities. Right. They never want to be surprised. Don't surprise me. That's they right. want to know everything that's happening within their program.
0: Why, last thing on this, and then we'll get to some NFL stuff. There's been all sorts of guys that have dabbled in coaching both college and professionally, and usually you're one or the other. There's only really two guys that have had any sort of success at, at both, Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh. Why, yeah. why is Harbaugh, why can he have success in both, and why is it so hard for other guys to have like, Nick Saban is one of the greatest college coaches in the history of the game. He did not work in the NFL.
1: Yeah, most of them don't. Right, right. Uh, and Pete Carroll got out of USC right when the Bleep <laughs> was hitting the fan, <laughs> right. much like it's happening there at Michigan, right? Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Jim leave. But I will tell you, so the coaches that have had really good success, uh, let's say, in the NFL, had had some NFL experience. Sure, right. And then and then they became longtime college coaches. and then they Jim Barbaugh played in the NFL for ten plus years, that helps. Yeah, right? and he and he was like a quality control guy with right. the Raiders for a couple years. So he had some experience. Uh Lou Holtz didn't work. When he jumped, went right. from college. So some guys are just, you know, Nick Saban he just wasn't an NFL coach. He, he you know, uh, it is different. You're dealing in college with 18 to 21, 22 year old young men, right? In the National Football League, you're dealing with grown men. Right. that are 21 to sometimes over 30. I saw the big tackle. He's 40 years old. I mean, you got guys that are playing in their late 30s at certain positions. They might have. Joe Flacco. I mean, he's got a whole host of kids. Right. Uh, you, you know, it's a whole right. different uh, atmosphere when you're coaching in the National Football League rather than college. Now, the guys that I think have had success going from the National Football League back to college, I think they've got juice because as a college coach, you need a little juice to, first of all, to keep their attention because in the NFL they're doing it for a living. Keep their attention, right? Recruit because that is 24 7, 365 days a year, period. That's what recruiting is about. So you better have a little juice if you're going from the NFL to college.
0: We are to the part of the NFL season where heads have started to roll. Who got fired over the weekend? We'll catch you up on all that, plus all of the best of the best from the Thanksgiving weekend. It's the Monday Afternoon Quarterback, presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. More on the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty. right On the other side, keep it right here. No one is now, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't
1: do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay? Yeah, but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right? It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible.
0: Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life.
1: This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
0: Happy late Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for letting me take a couple of days off last week. We're rolling through it now, though, so have no fear. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX by Tad Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuwana's, joined my great friend and great friend of the show Marty Mornowig, coming to you live here from the ESPN MT studio it is the Monday afternoon quarterback with coach Marty we do this the second hour of each monday show between 5 and 6 uh each monday here on ESPN radio appreciate you for tuning in uh, first of all coach i got to say if there was a, a consistent nfl schedule where there was 3 thursday games all throughout the day and a friday game and a full slate of sunday games and then a sunday night game and a monday night game You'd have to commit me. I'd, I'd have to be. Uh, you'd have to take me to the the retirement home or the, the <laughs> I, I don't know the betting rehab place. I don't know. I couldn't <clears throat> handle it. There, it was so much fun to watch all the football, but I'm glad it's only once a year because I'm like trying to follow all of it all all day for four days in a row. And
1: this is the time of the year that uh, college and the pros. It's virtually every day for, for what, sure ten days or so. Yeah, right. I mean it is crazy and exciting. It is. And this game is exciting. Yeah, anybody can beat anybody on one given day, and we've seen that happen throughout both the NFL and the college game. The Thursday afternoon slate of games, first of all,
0: how did the Lions let this happen? The Lions come in with all this mojo. They come in with all this momentum. They found all these different ways to win. The Packers had only scored more than 20 points once this whole season long. They uh, dropped 23 uh, in the first half. My man,
1: Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for the Lions. Uh He was playing really good defense up until that point. And I wouldn't say really good, but I'd say better than most, right, with a really good offense. That typically leads to a lot of wins. And my wife is going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they allowed that to happen because having been in Detroit, that Thanksgiving Day game, is like a super bowl for sure for for uh the owners for the fans all and I, and she goes other uh, season's done and I'm going no 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 they've won enough games where they can overcome that little mishap sure. I also think that Green Bay is getting a little bit better every week when they had they just laid a big one uh several weeks in a row and now they're coming out of that and playing a little bit better
0: it was weird too because Pretty much all the veteran guys on Green Bay were out, but you wonder if that like helps the young quarterback because all the guys around him are all the young guys, so nobody's
1: yelling at anybody. He could just be the leader of the young core. Yeah, that could be true for like one game, one game, one yeah, or two yeah, games, yeah. Right. That's you're exactly right because that does, there is something to that, right? But then once once the, once these defensive coordinators on on uh, your opponents, they're they're wicked smart as well, right? Football wise, and they will uh get aspects of these all these young guys what are their strengths and what are their weaknesses and 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 they'll go after you that way so that can last like you said one or two weeks but you better get the talented veterans back in there because experience does count then the uh, second game of the
0: thanksgiving holiday was a complete snoozer only because Dallas Continue to do what Dallas has done all year long, and that's when they play an overmatched opponent, they just absolutely run them out of the stadium. I mean, they already have a forty nothing win over the Giants, a thirty eight nothing win over the Patriots, and then they beat the the Commanders forty five to ten. Dallas looks really good when they are the team that's significantly better than their opponent. I still, they're good, but I'm still not convinced that they're great. But man, when they
1: play teams that they're supposed to beat, they just kill them. It it, it seems like Dallas has had that mantra for decades, and they've won, like, one playoff game. But they do look really good. They look like a Super Bowl type of team. And that score surprised me just a little bit. I agree. Because the commanders were fighting for their lives, and then you saw what happened after that ball game. Head started rolling yeah, just a little Jack bit. Jack Del
0: Rio, the defensive coordinator, got let go. A couple other guys on the defensive side. Yeah, so and so, it's an interesting deal because okay, you give up forty-five points on national TV, I get it, but also they traded all Jack Del Rio's dudes two weeks ago, right? I mean, they traded Chase Strunk, they traded Montrez Sweat. I I don't know that that's the part of the business that's a little bit yeah. Hilarious. But going
1: into this season. Yeah. In the past couple, they put all their money, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, all their money on the defensive oh, side. Right. And then right. recently, they've, they're, they're playing more for the future or planning for the future that way. But I've got some good friends on that staff, including Ron. However, however when you start doing that, whether that's coming from the top, and I'm talking ownership, sure. or if that's just the GM and the coach or just the coach, uh, it's usually, not always, because there are some outliers, but it's usually the beginning of the end.
0: Morning afternoon, quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornaweg in studio with me, Coulter Duanez. It is Montana's brand of NFL, presented by Montana's brand of banking. Stockman Bank has more than 40 locations throughout the state of Montana. They are in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Uh, the nightcap on Thanksgiving, the team that I think's the team that, that's the favorite to win it all. They just they got back on track again. They kept on rolling. The post game scene though, they did a they did a group interview and they're all eating the turkey legs, the Terduncan or whatever John Madden's thing. And you got Trent Williams and Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa and Fred Warner all standing around. This little seventh grade quarterback that they got. It's just <laughs> a, it's the funniest scene, man. It's like this guy, he gets to roll around with all the big bullies on the playground, and he's just he's invincible when all of them are healthy. Yeah, uh, he looks like he's
1: 15, <laughs> he surrounded by a bunch of grown men. I mean, that's the way it appears. But this guy plays a quarterback position, Purdy, I'm talking about, at a really high level, oh, like man. a veteran, and he's he's so young. However, it's a little bit easier to play the quarterback position position at a high level when you're surrounded by all of those dudes, right? And the the Niners, I, I would be pretty certain on saying this, the most talented team in the National Football League, when they're healthy. That's right. When they're healthy. But the last handful of years, they've had some... Just devastating injuries. Yep. This McCaffrey, I think he's one of the top five ball carriers inside the tackle box and outside. I think he's a top five guy out of the backfield catching the football. You can split him out wide. He's a top five running back type guy playing the slot or out wide. Yep. He can also block when called upon. That makes him, you put all that together, that makes him the very best at what he does, and the Niners got him. He's,
0: there's, Who does he remind you of before I tell you? Oh, there's,
1: I would say Garrison Hurst, who I coach. I can only. Uh, you know, Now, th- this young man, McCaffrey, is probably a little bit better receiver than Garrison was, but Garrison could do some damage out there. Uh, but they both have the same running style. Garrison might have been a better blocker when called. Sure. Garr- Garrison Hurst was a tough, tough dude, if you remember, out of Georgia. He reminds me of him. McCaffrey may be a little bit more shifty. A little more shifty, a little yeah, faster. Yeah, Garrison may be a little bit more power, yep. but, they're, but they were both fantastic. Uh, so that would be who I would correlate with he
0: when they do this when they put him in motion they split him out he reminds me of Marshall Falk a little bit too okay now Marshall, he's got a long ways to be at, I mean Marshall Falk is the greatest dual threat yeah. at least the most productive dual threat running back that the NFL's ever seen so McCaffrey's got some ways to go there but I mean he's McCaffrey is really fun to watch.
1: Oh, I think he's I think he's the best in, in, in the national foot. As long so as too. he stays healthy. He's been through he quite has. a few injuries, so stay healthy down the stretch and into the playoffs, and the Niners will be there at the end.
0: The Friday game.
1: They dropped a stand at the beginning.
0: Thanks. They dropped a stand at the beginning of the Friday game. They led with the Dolphins scored ten offensive touchdowns in one game this year, and the Jets have scored. Coming into Friday, nine offensive touchdowns all year. The Jets yeah. did get a fourth-quarter touchdown against the Dolphins. But, man, like how does we, – we've talked about, okay, Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles. Then they got to go with Zach Wilson. How does a situation like Tim Boyle happen? Like Tim Boyle was never good at quarterback – Ever, and now he's starting in NFL games. I mean, this guy threw one touchdown his junior year of college. One. How? How is he in the NFL? Well, it happened because
1: Aaron Rodgers <laughs> tore his Achilles on the fourth <laughs> play of the season. I just don't know how gonna And Tim then my man it. from BYU, Zach Wilson, is just... He just keeps laying big eggs right in the middle of the 50. I, I would think with some experience, he would start to play a little bit better. And, and they just uh, are, are allowing that not to happen. And I say allowing it not to happen because I think it probably should have and could have. Here's my question, right? You sit back and look at the big picture, the Jets. Brilliant defense. Great. All right. Well best in the league. One man? How much a difference would Error Rodgers oh. made if oh. he stayed healthy? Oh. How many games? Oh. Right? Even if it's two or three games oh, difference. Man. For sure. Which I suspect it would probably be more than that. For sure. Right? They're in the playoffs for sure hunt. You know, or better even. So uh, don't I, I would say this to some people who would argue with that. Don't ever underestimate the value of one player. And it really doesn't matter what position. One player can do an awful lot for, for his team if he's one of the very best in the National Football League.
0: The other team that just keeps on coming, and I, I was ready to, to just say that they were dead in the water, but they're not, is the Denver Broncos. Not <laughs> only have they won five no. in a row... Well, their wins are over the Chiefs. The last five wins, they have wins over the Chiefs, the Bills, the Vikings, and the Browns. All four bona fide playoff contenders. Broncos got it rolling a little bit.
1: And after they gave up that 70 points, how many points did they? I mean, that was crazy. And then you looked at their future schedule. You went, oh, no. This is going to be ugly. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Why? Because they're proud men on sure. the, on the, on, the, on that team. They're proud coaches. And they probably looked at that and said, okay, That will never happen again. Right. Right? And then they're playing way better defense than I could ever imagine. Because let me tell you, Miami, they'll beat up on a mild to to poor defense. Sure. But they're they're good on offense. But they're not spectacular by any means, in my opinion. I agree. I, I'm still tepid on Miami as well. I think they're good, but not
0: great yet. I do think that they, like you said, they kind of roll it up on teams when they got an advantage. How about the Steelers? The Steelers finally played some offense for the first time. <laughs> they got over they 400. Sc- they still only scored 16 points. God. Amazing.
1: That's maddening as well. I mean, if you're uh, And an old they school, coordinators. And if all you're an this. old
0: school football guy, though, man. Just watch the Steelers in Iowa, and you're happy, right? <laughs> Iowa. They win 13-10 to 10 a lot, don't I mean, they? Oh, my gosh. Iowa, Iowa has had seven of the ten lowest over-under point spreads in the history of college football this
1: year, and they are undefeated in those games. And Yeah. And, and I saw some under at like 25 points or something, and they won and went under. They won and went under. Like 13-10, and the, the, the over-under was like Seven 25. Of the,
0: of the 10 lowest in the history
1: of college football. Unbelievable. I will tell you, it looks like Pittsburgh, right, and the Jets fabulous defenses yeah. and just not enough offense but the but the Steelers are figuring out a way to get it done. The, well, how long? How long? How long will that last because they've done everything just about right, That's right. to win all these low scoring sure. close games so where fun. they've been outgained. you know, yeah. all this stuff. They've created term. so if they run into one or two teams who don't turn the ball over, score a couple points against them, I think they might be in trouble unless that was the start of getting better, you know. When they start firing coaches, it's usually the beginning of the end. Yeah. But I think Pittsburgh is built. That might be an outlier for them. They may get a little bit better, just bet, just good enough to win some games and get into the playoffs and do some damage. Well, what if they keep stacking wins, they're just going to be in the mix. I mean, they
0: already got seven wins. If they get a couple more, they're going to be right there in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Monday right.
0: afternoon, quarterback with Coach Barney, Barney Bordenway, joining us here in studio. The Saints Falcons game was gross. That division is not any good. But one. One cool tidbit. We haven't mentioned this on the show. We know the Falcons have some Montana ties. Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, is uh, he's got a place in Montana. They've had Montana guys throughout the years, former Grizz guys like Corey Beerman, Shan Schillinger, both played there in Atlanta. Of course, Troy Anderson was a second-round pick out of Montana State there for Atlanta. But Michael Petrie, who was the recruiting coordinator at running backs coach at Montana State for several years, a guy I got to know pretty well there in Bozeman, he uh, – the running backs coach there, and talk about a talent that he's coaching right now. I mean, Bijan Robinson, I don't know where the Falcons would be without this guy because he is just like a one-man offensive show. He's a special player.
1: Uh, The Falcons are overachieving just a little bit. And they, uh, you know, it seems like if you lose one or two in a row in the National Football League, all hell breaks loose, uh, you know, from fans. And I think it's some of this online kind of stuff. For sure. And and I'm sure that they were feeling They came out of it pretty good.
0: One day after quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mortaway again studio with me, Coulter nuanas What are the Patriots going to do?
1: You know that is interesting because they've got maybe the greatest coach up to date uh, sure. that's ever lived. I mean, he's, quite def- quite he's definitely
0: one of the great coaches in NFL history. There's no question.
1: And that just goes to show you. I mean, how important a quarterback is. Oh man, how important the talent around you. I mean, what has he won? Two games. Uh, it's tough for anybody to win when you're outmatched every game going into the game and. Uh they've they've lost some games in ways that Bill Belichick teams would never lose a game with Tom Brady at the helm or some of those other great leaders. I mean that's
0: a it's a it's a pretty damning loss yesterday. I mean, the Giants, the Giants got nothing, man, and you, you hold them to three points until the very end, and then give up a touchdown late to lose ten to seven. Yeah, that
1: that was a t- you could see it on Coach Belichick's face at yeah. the end as well. So I don't know what's going to happen. I will tell you, if I was the owner of that team and Bill still wanted to coach, I would make sure. That he had some really good talent because he's proven when he's got the talented dudes on his squad that they can go win Super Bowls. I mean,
0: Bill Belichick's a great coach, but also when you have... Ty Law and Richard Seymour and Tate yeah. Bruski and you know Rob Nikovich and Mike Frable and yeah I mean just on down the Vince Wolfer, just you could name names forever I mean they used to be so unbelievably stacked it's not a it's not a mystery they don't have any players right now yeah
1: that and it, it it's just difficult for any coach and you'll you'll see a coach every now and then get thrown into a situation that is virtually impossible yeah. I think Bill's in one of those situations now sure. and he's one of the greatest coaches ever to coach the game.
0: The Bills had so many chances last night, and they just can't figure out a way to finish it. And now here they are. And, they, I mean, they are one of, if not the most disappointing teams in the NFL. They're 6-6. Six and six. What could have been, though? I mean, the way that they lost in the opener to the Jets on the, the punt return touchdown at overtime. The way that they lost to the Patriots by just four points. They lose in the final seconds to the Broncos, and then they lose yesterday at OT to the Eagles. They're they they are searching right now in Buffalo.
1: And my good friend McDermott, there, man, alive. I, I th- here's the deal on that team. They're so up and down, much like the Chargers were up, and now they're playing yep. a great game and look look like a, a a playoff type team. And then their quarterback is just turning the ball over too many times, taking too many sacks. The ball's bouncing the other team's way. Well. Yep. When the ball bounces on the team's way, I mean, it's not just the bounce of the ball. That's right. You're allowing the ball to bounce. Make your own luck. That's right. Yeah, and then the Chargers, the same with their quarterback. I mean, those two guys are two of the most talented, talented guys playing in the National Football League. And they both have a possibility of not making the playoffs. Now, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Bills uh, make a run here and and slip into the playoffs. They're about five hundred right now. Yeah,
0: they're six and six. The Bills have no excuses at this point. I mean, I, I was thinking this yesterday. Patrick Mahomes got Travis Kelsey. He's got not much else. If you put Patrick Mahomes, if you gave the offensive skill guys for the Bills to Patrick Mahomes,
1: man, Chiefs are undefeated. Yeah, yeah. I I will say this: the Chiefs. Their offense seems not to be quite as good as it has been, but their defense that's right. is is quite a little bit better, and and so that's a pretty good mix right there. But Mahomes is kind of like Brett Favre. I used to say, you give Brett Favre a high school offense, he'll have a chance <laughs> to right. win the game. I mean, and that's exaggerating an awful lot, but. Mahomes is just extra special that way. And one of the reasons I say that is I was coordinating in Baltimore and we go in there. We have the Chiefs beat. Yep. It's over. Yep, It's fourth and like 18 or whatever. And Mahomes throws one up. He scrambles around. Throws, it was like a hook shot. And, and they come down with it and beat us. And so... Mahomes has that, just that extra special little magic in him that tends not to disappear with rare exceptions. I will tell you, remember the time they lost? I believe it was the Bills and the playoffs. I thought he was sort of lost his discipline when moving. Sure. Uh, in the second half of that playoff game, well, that didn't last long. Uh, you, you, you know. So he understands his own game and, and knows exactly what he can get away with and what he can't.
0: Lost in the wash of talking about the Bills. Of course, the Eagles became the first double-digit wins team in the league over the weekend with the the great, I mean, that was a great back and forth. What a kick at the end to send it to overtime. And then what, a, uh, what ended up being the game-winning drive capped by a Jalen Hurts touchdown. And Hurts, man, he just continues to impress. Rope against it. We'll take one more break. Monday Night Football, Bears at Vikings. We'll give you the spread and some picks right after this. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Visit jshulteilaw.com. One, two, three.
1: On is now on ESPN
0: Radio. On is now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MTF. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Monday. If you missed anything in the show, you can find the Montana Football Hour and the Monday Afternoon Quarterback on the Nuan Now podcast. Myself, Marty Mornowig, rolling with you for a little less than two more minutes. We went long today, so we only have a couple minutes to talk about this Monday night football game. But the uh, Minnesota Vikings host the Chicago Bears. Minnesota, minus two and a half. The over-under, 43 and a half. What do you think?
1: Dobbs. Dobbs. (laughs) Dobbs. Hey, look, it seems like, and this is just gut instincts, and sometimes your gut instincts are incorrect, by the way. Sure. But I trust Minnesota. Just a little bit more than I trust Chicago. For sure. Minnesota's at home. It's a Monday night game. I just trust Minnesota and Dobbs. Dobbs, even though he's only been there what a month, yeah. I mean it's crazy. He's really, really active. So I think he'll give the Bears some fits there with his mobility. Yeah, it's gonna be fascinating. Any thought? Any last thoughts on this Delaware Montana game? Delaware, it's gonna be a mess for the Delaware Blue Hens coming into the Washington Grizz Stadium. I suspect it will be a pounding by the Montana Grizzly. Offense, defense, and I, I bet they win all three phases, and it's just a bleep kicking. You need to call up your old uh, pupil, Joe Flacco. He's a Delaware Joe, alum. Uh, You know, he just got hired with Cleveland, so he's like, he's another one of those guys. I bet he's going on 40. I bet he's 38, 39. He's yeah. got like five kids. He just got <laughs> hired by Cleveland, and I hope, I hope he gets into a game and wins it for him.
0: Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank's Montana's brand of banking. This is Montana's brand of NFL for Coach Marty Mornoweg. I am Coulter Nuanas. We'll be back at this at 4 p.m. tomorrow. We'll have another Monday afternoon quarterback next week. We'll see you then. ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store.